12.30 TWC, Business Beat Radio, Mondays 2 till 4pm UK time. Tips, inspiration, fun, tunes, for and from business women on all the socials, www.1230.co.uk at Love to Beat Radio. Hello, 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 hello and welcome to 12.30 TWC Business Beat. So you might tell I've got a cold, I'm not going to dwell on that. Tina Brown, who's here with me in the studio. As you know, this is a live show, so as I say, anything can happen. (laughs) Teppy Gilbert is (coughs) zooming in with the awards. Our lovely Annabelle Kay also, and also my hairdresser, Alicia Annie Ake, I think you say her name. I don't know, I'll have to ask her when we come in, because I never use her surname when I go to the hairdressers. So then, Tina, tell me, let's, for our listeners who don't know you, tell us a little bit about yourself and what your aims are at the moment and your business, obviously. Okay, I'm going to talk with my scarf around my face so I don't catch your cold. Oh, <laughs> no need to be so nasty. <laughs> um, so I am um, Tina Brown and I am um, Trim with Tina which is basically uh, weight loss, weight loss, weight maintenance. Um, I'm there with you from beginning to end and after. You never get rid of me. Um, And I help everyone to lose weight um, with healthy eating and if they want it to be a bit faster with meal replacements alongside. Um, I'm based in Betsy Heath uh, in Kent and but I can support and do support across the whole of the UK, which is amazing. That's one, one of the wonders of digital age isn't it that we can uh, we can actually do that so much now yeah. um so now tina you, you how did you start this business what actually prompted you to get on this route wow so um how old is my i always have to work this out in ages i need my husband because he's much better at working out when um <laughs> just, just for dates um no so when i was 29 um, I got diagnosed with cervical cancer and um, so that's a whole story um, but went through that and when I came out the other side of it it was it's quite life-changing as you can imagine mm. and I had lost weight previously and thought I can do it better than them um, so when I came out the other side of the cancer I wanted to do something that meant something to me that I was passionate about that I could be amazing at um, and so I went and worked for Weight Watchers and I worked for Weight Watchers for 15 years. I was a trainer, a mentor, a coach. I was on the front page of the Daily Express. I did Trevor McDonald tonight, etc. Um, loved every minute, loved, loved, loved everything about it. Um, and then due to ill health, um, having fibromyalgia and sciatic arthritis, I gave up um, Weight Watchers. But never lost my love for um, helping people to lose weight so four and a half years ago I discovered the one-to-one diet um, by Cambridge Weight Plan and I am here loving every minute of that now so um, so now I've been doing it 20 odd years so so okay so that's where you're how you sort of got started with your business and everything how's your general health so my general health is um, let me say better better than it was when I got diagnosed with fibromyalgia about 12 years ago 
um, the psoriatic arthritis about seven, eight years ago. Um, but this time of the year is more difficult for me um, with the temperatures. And as you can see, I'm walked up and I'm like, actually, you can't see, can you? This is radio. I can see. <laughs> she's, she's wearing this amazing jacket with all stars and glittery things all over it. Um, and I forgot what I was saying now. What was I saying? Remind me. How is your general health at the okay. moment? Okay, so yeah, so at the moment my pain is quite bad for my fibromyalgia backslash the sciatic arthritis um, and um, lethargic so I could sleep for 10, 11 hours a day which is basically the fibromyalgia. Um, so yeah, not amazing at the moment but definitely nowhere near as bad as it has been in the past. And, and does the weather add to that or what you're eating or how do you try and manage it? I mean, I've, I know from um, Penny that I used to work with that those illnesses are actually extremely painful. Yeah, so the and weather definitely. So mm. I need to live in a hot, sunny country. So if anyone wants to, you know, pay for me to do that, that would be amazing. <laughs> um, and um, eating-wise, definitely, when I'm eating healthily, thinking about what I'm eating, not shoving sugar down my throat, um, I do feel better. Um, hence the ginormous water and shake I have with me at the it moment. It is huge, it is huge, <laughs> this water container, I have to tell you. But, I mean, I don't know, what is that, six six bucks? It's two litres. What's that in English? Uh, four pints. Oh, four pints. In one go. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, but you can do your weight training at the same time, <laughs> can't you, while you're sort of getting it down. Yeah. It makes you drink it because it's so heavy that you're just like, oh, come on, let me just drink some of yeah, that to make it yeah, lighter. Yeah. So, with with your business, do you have many clients who actually come to you because they have similar illnesses such as you, or have you not had that? Yeah, I've had a whole combination of people. Um, just recently, I've just got a new lady who, the whole reason she contacted me was because she saw, I had pink hair, but obviously that wasn't the only reason, um, <laughs> and she has fibromyalgia. So, she's on week one. I'll say hi to Claire, in case she's listening. Um, she's on week one and she has fibromyalgia so you know she has the pain etc and she said to me I just know that you'll, you'll understand so um, I love that I don't love that she's got fibromyalgia obviously um, and she's not the only one I have had clients in the past um, the same so yeah I do get some and some people that haven't got fibromyalgia so what actually causes that so they don't know um, so it's still you know they don't know why to be honest um, but obviously I've looked into it a lot through the years and two reasons they say could be is a big trauma in your life or a massive surgery and considering uh. I've had cancer mm -hmm. um, that was quite traumatic and then obviously a lot of surgeries um, <coughs> went on after that so if it's that but you know it can be it doesn't have to be um, trauma with me, I would say it was cancer, but you know, trauma where maybe you have a divorce or mm. you know, something like that, or abuse or anything like that, it can mm. be any sort of trauma or abuse. Um, that, that actually affects your whole body yeah. in some shape or form. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And, and what's, with your weight um, program, what's the most anybody's actually lost with you and what was there, I mean, apart from the obvious reason that they wanted to lose weight, what other reasons might they have had? I've had um, um, a few ladies do it for IVF. Mm. So I do have one IVF baby now, not my baby, obviously. <laughs> um, I bet you feel a bit like that, <laughs> yeah, though. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, for IVF, which is amazing. Um, I've had 
somebody lose nine stone. Um, so yeah, and I've got a, wow. seven, a seven stone at the moment and a six stone. Um, but yeah, so for IVF, for any health reasons, to be honest, any chronic health condition, any, any issues, to be honest, losing weight helps with everything. So, so nine stone took how long to lose? It was only about, um, about a year. Wow. So you can do it. You can yeah. do it super quick, but equally you can take longer. Yeah. You know, it's what fits to your life, etc. Um, I don't know, but I'm making an assumption here that maybe long term it's better to do it over a longer period rather than try and rush things because of your body trying to adjust and everything. Does it work like that or not? Um, that's interesting. That's something that people say a lot. And yes and no. Um, what I like about a longer period is your learning process. So you are learning about what you should eat, when you should eat, how your, your mindset, working on all that. So if it's a longer period, you've got longer to do that. Um, because, you know, I'm 20 years plus in the industry and before that as well, learning, and I'm still learning. So it, it's a big process. It's not, I can't learn it in a, you know, a month and I'm done. Um, so for that side, it's good. But equally, if you lose it quick, you're doing it healthily because you're doing it with me, you're doing it on plan, you've got all your nutrients, etc. So it's not bad for you, but I think it's just the learning side that comes in that's so important. Oh, right. Okay, you mentioned on plan, and I've heard you say this a few times, and I've never actually said, what does that mean, Tina? <laughs> Can we ask now? <laughs> <laughs> on plan. Okay, so we have more than one on plan. So there is various ways so there's basically five there's six steps but five steps where you can be on plan on step one on plan on step two so is that like a program yeah so it's basically with a different amount of healthy food or a different amount of meal replacements um so today i turned around and said i'm on plan after my holiday um and i'm going to be doing one b which is actually called soul sauce which actually means just meal replacements and that's four a day so and you can choose to have them how you want to have them so you if you wanted to have two together you could if you want to do breakfast lunch dinner was snack, that a shake or it can be a shake a porridge a bar a smoothie um what else have we got a rice a pasta um just before i got here i, I had the apple porridge in my car I videoed me and I started to talk about videoing it and okay. I was eating it and I thought I don't really want to do this whole video eating porridge so I stopped <laughs> and did the video uh, so um, yeah any of those things yeah oh wow yeah because in, in olden days it used to be just an option that you had shakes and some of those were pretty grotty because I've tried them in the past <laughs> but it does sound as if your um, options have really got a, a, a nice variety appealing to the person as such rather than just saying well you've got to take that yeah and you think well i don't actually like that yeah so you've got a nice variety of choice so we've got over 40 products now wow um the thing that we are trying to do a little bit more is bring products in and out a bit more and obviously some people when they love a certain product might be a bit upset by that but equally and especially me i i like variety constantly so i love that that it's changing and i'm gonna get that variety um, so no, everyone, I will do it to suit them. And if that means they do have just more healthy food because they don't like so many products. Um, but I have to say our products taste the best on the market. And I'm not just saying that I have tried other products and I've got my family to try other products. 
and they were like, eh. Yeah. And that wasn't smart, obviously. <laughs> obviously, obviously. <laughs> so when you say that in and out, do you mean they, they run for a period of time and then something new comes or? Yes. Is that so what that means? Yes, yeah, so we have like a limited edition. Right. Know, they'll bring in something limited and it'll be maybe, depends, um, you know, maybe three, four, five months and then they'll take it back out again and then they'll bring something new in. So they're doing that a little bit more now, but I, I think it's a good thing to keep the variety going. Mm. Mm. So, <coughs> where are your products made? Oh, Corby. Corby, in this country, in the UK. Um, That's up north. Yeah, we're up north. I've been past the factory and waved. Um, so yeah, Corby mostly. Um, I think a few a few of our products have to be outsourced because of the ingredients are now with Brexit and all the stuff going on. Mm. Um, but mostly, you know, we've got the, the factory at Corby, so most of the products are made there. Right. I was um, involved in looking at some different products uh, the other day, and it was um, healthy, eco-friendly drinks. Yeah. Right, um, you know, like with the juice drinks for children and all that sort of stuff, a certain amount of sugar, and these were alternatives for children as well as adults. And um, it was a fabulous product, absolutely fabulous, but he's currently they're, they're produced in Germany, okay. and obviously he wants to bring them, bring them over here. So um, I think uh, that little ding-dong, I don't know whether anybody else heard that, that <laughs> is our first guest. Debbie Gilbert waiting for us very patiently. So what we're going to do now is come away from Tina. She'll still be here with us. Um, but um, Debbie Gilbert is my first Zooming guest and I'm going to let her in. This is the 1230 TWC Business Beat Radio with Jackie Groundsell on Love to Beat Radio. We're back in the studio now hope you've got the kettle boiled and whatever you needed to actually do while the music was playing. Um, my next guest, I've been corrected here, I've been told off. I said my first guest was waiting to come in. Debbie Gilbert is actually my second guest, but she's in coming in on Zoom. So we're going to find out about Debbie in a moment. So Debbie, are you there? Yes, I'm here, Jackie. <coughs> Excuse me. Cool. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. I've just turned up my little knob, so I can hear you a bit better. <laughs> so, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, well, thank you for asking me. And I, and I actually love you being on Zoom as well, rather than just audio, because I can see you now, um, as well as actually hear you on the <laughs> And these, these are all, um, as listeners may know, <laughs> we are recorded, and the podcast will be out next week um, at the end of the day on Thursday so we have to behave ourselves generally don't we so Deb tell us about you and your business and particularly about your wards oh wow um, okay well I've been in business for 25 years this year so it's my wow. jubilee mm. and um, nine years ago I set up the best business women awards to recognize female entrepreneurs from across the UK so always um, great to celebrate success, isn't it? Fantastic. <coughs> it's fantastic. And I, I think I mentioned to you just a moment ago that Tina in the studio here is itching to, um, itching to go for your award. She's been having a little look around because I think all the things that she does actually, she deserves something. So without giving the game away totally, what's, this, what's 
a good thing in terms of application for awards or, or you know what, what what tips might you actually give not only tina but everybody who's listening mm. what tips are useful in these situations i think you need to really do your research on any awards that you're going to enter first and have a really good look at who the judges are who the sponsors are what categories are there and then work out what it is that you want to be known for so if you want to be known as a best new business, a most inspirational businesswoman, or a best business, or you want to get more well known maybe in your industry, or you want to get more lo- well known locally, um, I think that's the strategy to think about to start with. So sometimes people start with local awards and then they build on that and apply for national awards, and some people just go straight in and apply for national awards. And then I think when you're doing your entry, you really need to spend some time on it. If you've never entered awards before, then you need to do a bit of a brainstorm and think about all the things that you've done along the way. And there's probably loads of stuff that you've done that you've forgotten about. Um, So doing a brainstorm to start with before you even start on the entry and then reading through the questions and then looking through that brainstorm and answering the questions and pulling in all of that wonderful stuff that you've been doing over the years to build your business. That helpful. Very helpful, thank you. <laughs> you just take the mask off now. Give Tina a mask so that she doesn't get my germs. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, a couple of times I was um, fortunate enough to be involved with you, Debbie, doing you um, the awards, yeah. which was all very exciting. And the people, the absolutely amazing people that come on board with the applications are just awesome aren't they i mean it's it's quite i don't know whether you find this because you've been doing it so long but i was quite overwhelmed by the the many things that people are doing not just for their businesses but also for the community things yes and a lot of people miss that out (coughs) they miss out the community work that they do or the charitable work that they do or the pro bono work and you really need to have a think about all of those things and make sure you add them into your entry because that gives you, um, I think for a judge, a far more well-rounded appeal that you are, yes, you've got a successful business, but also you are giving back. Yeah. Yes, I think, um, I think well, <laughs> I know you're right because that's why you're so successful in that. So it's not, um, yeah. Um, now... Tina was saying, I don't know if you were able to listen in um, earlier, but Tina was saying that her route to her successful business currently was really through ill health. Um, now, I know that you've, you've not enjoyed particularly good health at the moment, so may I ask you how, that's, how you are in yourself? You know what, I'm probably the best that I've been since I had this accident five years ago, um, and I had to have three lots of surgery. Uh, Last year was uh, pretty difficult because I had a very, very big operation and it took me out. I was in a wheelchair for about four months and had lots of rehab. And I am so pleased to tell you because it will be my one year anniversary next week that before this call, I was I went on a walk and I did nearly 5000 steps. Wow. Well done. done. Properly for nearly five years. I'm definitely on the road to recovery. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, I in remember fact, seeing you in your wheelchair on social that you posted. Yes. 
yeah, it, it, it's been tough, but mm. it's given me a very different perspective on life. And I think I absolutely think that this world is just not still very disabled friendly. And mm. we still have so much work to do to make life easier for people who are permanently disabled. And having dealt with it on a, you know, very, very short basis, you know, a few months, um, I mean, it's just awful when you're out and about and trying to manoeuvre yourself and, you know, I just feel for people who are permanently disabled. I really, really do. There was, um, well, I've got a friend of mine locally who is wheelchair bound and um, locally, some years ago, we did some research, we did an audit on who's actually got accessibility in, into the shops on the high street and, and quite clearly they're losing out. Um, they don't seem to appreciate that. Some of them have got temporary ramps. And I was absolutely flabbergasted the other day. I, I can't remember which station it was, but there's a new station, a brand new station, which has obviously had billions spent on it, um, where they haven't got, it's not fully accessible. Um, and this lady that they interviewed on the TV was a disabled person. And she was saying, why don't they ask us? Why don't they ask people who are disabled what we actually yeah, need because then it yeah. will open it up so much more no it, it it was very tricky and in fact when you go to a lot of uh, you know we decided to have a holiday for a few days down in near where i've moved to and when you go to very old you know traditional built villages um you don't even have a path wide enough to push a wheelchair down yeah. the street um so it's things like that that able people take for granted and don't even think about getting into coffee shops getting into restaurants um navigating transport um it, it felt like every day that i was doing something it's a challenge and yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. i was uh, quite pleased when i managed to you know get through that and then onto crutches and rehab and, and all the rest of it so yeah it's been uh, it's been tricky but i think um we I think we're all quite resilient, us women. <laughs> I think we just kind of power forward and we just get on with it. <laughs> yeah, I think we do as women, and I think that's why we're all celebrating International Women's Day on Wednesday, aren't we? So, I know. Incredible. <laughs> it's women's achievements. So you, you just touched on then that you've moved. Where have you moved to and what prompted that, et cetera, et cetera? So, I mean, before the pandemic, we looked at moving to Somerset and um it was really about like sadly both my parents have died and my husband's parents have also passed away so my children have left home and we were rattling around in a five-bedroom house and it was kind of getting to the point where we thought well you know it's time for us to have a perhaps a, a much more relaxed lifestyle so we sold up in hertfordshire i think at the right moment because we sold in september of last year I think had we put the house on the market now, it probably would have been a different story. Yeah. And we bought a, um, it's a three bedroom dormer bungalow in a place called South Chard, which is about 15 minutes from Lyme Regis. So oh, I didn't want to be, it's lovely. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't want to be on top of Lyme Regis because anyone who knows Lyme Regis in the summer, it's absolutely mobbed. Um, but I wanted to be reasonable distance to the seaside and the countryside and within a reasonable distance to Devon and Cornwall. But my um, youngest son now lives in Bristol, so that was also a motivator to be 
reasonably close to him and my other son lives in central London in Whitechapel so for him he can jump on a train which he did last week and get down here in probably just about three hours I think it took wow. so you know it, it, it's, it's definitely doable. been the best thing and everyone's so friendly everyone stops and chats to you and <laughs> it's, it's very different to um, I was living in Hemel Hempstead in Hertfordshire yeah, and yeah be honest people just don't even speak to you at all that isn't you don't it, know isn't it interesting i know yeah. <clears throat> um i think you may have met annabelle k have you yes yes yeah. annabelle contributed to my book yeah oh your book we must touch on that in a sec um <laughs> <clears throat> annabelle's coming on board at three o'clock so if you've got time to stay on i will i'll can, stay and listen definitely. yeah you can um have a little chat with her but you, you may know that annabelle moved to devises that's right. Um, yes. And, you know, the, the things that she's doing now is a lot of stuff is community orientated, like planting out the meadows and, and things of that sort. But I'll let her um, expand on that. And you've probably seen some of it anyway on yeah. social media. So, so OK, so you're taking um, a step back, but you've written a book. Tell us about the book. At the moment, no. Um, we're a team and we work remotely, so we we kind of finessed that during the pandemic. And although we did go back into a fixed office, and and I came out of that when I had the surgery last year, we went back to remote working again. So I will gradually, uh, I think, kind of look at because I've got sort of all my businesses have got their own websites and their own identities, and I will look at what to do longer term um, because I kind of think you know I've, I want to go traveling mm -hmm. so I'd like to sort of spend two or three months in Australia and New Zealand and in the Far East and, and do some really long trips and I feel sort of like I've got to, I've, I've achieved quite a lot with my business and mm -hmm. personally and professionally and and I feel like now is the time to do some of those things that I've never really got round to mm. um, you know, both my parents sadly never really hit 70. So oh, for me, I'm 55 this year. And I'm Ooh. thinking not that I'm thinking I'm going to go by the time I'm 70. But I'm just saying that you know, I'm very aware that don't put things off, you know. Um, <coughs> so, so I think I will keep the awards running because I love it. And I've got the business expos. But what I probably will look at <coughs> is my less input in the marketing business day to day longer term um when you said you were f coming up for 55 or 55 tina's going me too me too <laughs> yeah me too <laughs> but you know i think sadly our parents had i mean okay we think we've had a really tough time in the pandemic and, and genuinely so many have um but just think about the experiences that our parents had with the war um and the, how yeah. long what was that? Five years was it? That was. Um, so they had a particularly tough time. They didn't have the benefits of communication in the same way that we've got now. So that they, they did have a really a really tough time, and it and it's sad. So I do think, and I feel very much for you, with your parents and your in-laws, etc. Because my my mum and dad aren't around either. But I am a little bit older than you. Just, just a little. <laughs> Tina's laughing. I don't know why she's laughing. Um, <laughs> so, so you've mentioned Australia. That's obviously 
on that list is that the first one to go to yeah so we're sort of looking at planning a trip january february next year um my husband's been to australia but i haven't <clears throat> and um neither of us has been to new zealand i have an uncle who's still alive he lives in thailand oh. um so it might be an opportunity to maybe go and visit him in thailand first and then head down to australia and then across to new zealand um and then we were looking at a route back via Fiji and onto um, San Francisco and back from there. Wow. So we've been sort of looking at different routes and trying to decide, you know, what, what we want to do. And um, for me, going away January, February is a really good time in terms of, you know, the awards get launched <clears throat> and then, you know, the, the work is going on behind the scenes, but it's, you know, the, the, the busier time with the awards is the day it closes, to be honest, when we will have a breakdown. Um, <laughs> so, um, that's the plan. And then we'd also like to do a road trip through Europe. So there are two very big trips planned in our heads, but we haven't translated that into booking them yet. But I think, I don't know, I, th I didn't do the travelling when I was young, because it wasn't something that we did in the 1980s when no. we left school going travelling. So... No. I kind of are doing it the opposite way round um, and doing it now, which, but what a, you know, what a great opportunity to be able to do that. Have you visited any of yeah. those countries, Tina? Yeah, and I think with our businesses, you know, we can still carry on working um, when we're on our travels because I sort of tested it out um, <clears throat> over Christmas. We went to Malta and um, I just kind of took the laptop logged in, did a bit of work, went off for the day. So I think we're, I think Zoom has accelerated the whole remote working and I think you can work anywhere now, really, as long as you get yourself organised. No, I think, I think you're right. I think this is um, really, in a couple of years' time, our world is going to be, I, I know we never yeah. stand still, but our world is, is just going in a totally different direction, isn't it? Yeah, and I think the world's a much smaller place. And I think, um, you know, I'm often talking to people in America and the other week I got up and did a presentation for a networking group in um, Sydney. So I had to get up at three o'clock in the morning to do it. Um, <laughs> but I thought, do you know what, do you just do it? Because <clears throat> fundamentally, you know, it's not like I have to do it every week. It was a one-off opportunity to talk uh, to people about my book and about the awards. So I just thought, do you know what, just do it. Because my book, weirdly, has done really well in Australia. Um, and it, it was number one in Australia for ages. And um, I get emails quite frequently from female entrepreneurs in Australia that bought it. So it's quite interesting how that's developed from that, really. <laughs> so, so tell us about the book and why do you think Australia has particularly flagged this up? Um... I don't really know if is the honest answer. The book's called The Successful Mumpreneur. It's hit its fifth birthday this year. Um, and it did very well in three other countries as, as well as the UK. It did really well in Poland and continues to do well in Poland. Really well in India, <clears throat> so much so we, we know we're looking at having it translated. And, and it's also done really well in Australia. And I don't know why it did so well because it, you know, I didn't particularly market it to those countries, but I guess again, because Amazon is a global platform, and it's on both Amazon.com and Amazon.co.uk, um, it's, it's, it's in other um, 
book retailers as well. I don't know. I just guess people are searching for help, advice about running a business around their family, which is what the book's about. Mm. And I guess it's, it's resonated with a lot of women. And um, it's lovely because people contact me quite frequently and say, oh, yeah, you know, I've read your book and I've found it really helpful. And what do you think about this? Or, you know, people will just email me and ask me for advice, really. Um, so I've got another book coming out this year, but it's a collaboration book with um, 14 other authors called Fab Collab. And that's all about how women collaborate in business. So I think, you know, we women are very, very good collaborators. Yeah. You know, I remember picking the phone up to you and we had a chat and I came up to one of your London events and talked about awards. And then you came on board for a year as a judge. and. That's the thing, isn't it? It's the yeah. power of collaboration. Absolutely. And I think um, when people start a business now in this remote world, they maybe don't realise how to collaborate or the importance of collaboration. And so the book takes people through a journey. So from those early stages when you set up a business of how to reach out and what to talk to people about to um, my chapter is all about the legacy of collaboration. So. You know, when I set up the awards, because of the groundwork that I put in many years before that for building a network, I was able to pick up the phone to companies and say, look, will you sponsor my awards? But that was built over many years. And yeah. that's that legacy of collaboration, you know, that if you build a solid network around your business, fundamentally, when you need people, they will be there for you. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. So really excited about that. That comes out... Um, in May, so um, we're, yeah, we're really, I'm really, really excited about it. We're going to do a big discussion on that. So, um, so yeah, and I, I do think anyone sitting here listening to this who's been sitting on the fence about writing a book, just do it because it was one of the best things that I did. <laughs> I I've lost count of the number of times I've got bits and pieces of chapters here, there, and everywhere. You write an amazing book, Jackie. <laughs> Point of networking. You would definitely write an amazing book. The thing is with a book is I procrastinated with mine for about yeah. two years. Did various courses, various things, and in the end, luckily, I got a publishing deal. And I just thought, I have to just do this now. I've signed the contract. I've got three months to do it. And I just did it. And I think, you know, it, it is one of the best things you, you can do in business, really, is to get your knowledge out there in a book because... I think people get a sense of you um, and your knowledge from from your book. Depends on what you write about, obviously. <laughs> um, and I think that and the podcast. I've got a podcast called the Business Awards Show, um, which is now on about episode sixty-one, I think, something like that this week. Um, and we interview award-winning business women and men, um, judges, sponsors. In fact, I'd love to get you on the Business Awards Show. And um, those two things, I think, have tipped the balance with the business and, you know, have been really quite instrumental in more clients and more awareness about me, about the business, about what I do. Yeah, no, no, fantastic. You've done a great job. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I'd love to be working with you again. And in fact, I've scribbled another little note down here that I do need to talk to you about something that um, I'm aiming for towards the end of the year which I think you might be interested in. 
so I won't ah. blast it out on the air because you never know who's listening, do you? So <laughs> please tell our listeners and obviously Tina as well, who's itching to know more about you. I think she's got a question for you as well. Um, how do people get hold of you? How do, can they find out more about you? The best place to connect with me is on LinkedIn. Debbie Gilbert, you'll find me. I'll come up really easily. Or go to the bestbusinesswomenawards.com and contact me through the website on there. Those are the two best places because it's really easy. Bestbusinesswomenawards.com. Everyone can remember that. And LinkedIn, I connect up with people um, on there. So that would be a great place to, to meet people. Excellent, excellent. Thank you for that. Um, Tina, have you got a burning question or am I misreading your signals? No, you're not. I, do you know, you've, Debbie, you've made me so excited. I, I've got so much, my brain is now worrying. One of the things, <laughs> if I go from the end, because I'm going to forget, um, I want, people keep telling me to write a book through my whole life. People have told me to do that. And I met someone the other day and they were like, no, you should absolutely write the book. So now you've kicked that off in my brain as well. But I'm like, how, how, how? <laughs> Um, and then also I wanted to go back to when you said about when you're in a wheelchair so for me when I was pregnant with my daughter after the cancer I had to be in a wheelchair to keep the pregnancy in and um, and I went out and about and it is the most awful experience it really is yeah. um, so I, I'm totally with you on that and then I've just come back from Canada and in Canada it was absolutely amazing that every single place you went to you there was a, a big button on whatever doors whatever entrances for disabled people to just bang and you know basically get out the door with no help um, and it made us realize my daughter as well because obviously she knows you know I've been in a wheelchair etc um, how easy it would be to be in a wheelchair and actually do that on your own whereas mm. in this country I mean that, to be honest it's impossible um, and it seems so simple, just a little thing like that, to put a, a button on every door, ev everywhere. Yeah. I, I agree. And I think things have to change. I mean, my mum had multiple sclerosis, so was in a wheelchair from her very early 50s. And um, we're going back 30 years ago now. And frankly, nothing's changed no. in 30 years that I can tell. And, um, and did life you very hard if you've got any form of disability whether that's sight or, or mobility it's tough very tough I totally agree with you did you feel invisible I felt invisible once I was in yeah. the chair which again seems bizarre when you cannot imagine that unless you're in the chair but well, people could talk to my husband rather than talk to me yeah because <laughs> <laughs> they think you're deaf as well don't they yeah just to tell you quickly Debbie um, I've just let Annabelle into the room <clears throat> Excuse me. So we are still on uh, online, Annabelle, but we've got the um, adverts kicking in three. So please, please join us if you wish on that basis. Yeah. So there was something else I was going to say, but now I've forgotten that as well because, as I said, my Sorry. brain is going crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so she's but, just worried. She's writing all these notes and tapping away on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I've just I've just um, found your LinkedIn as well, Debbie. So I've just done that. Um, so yeah, no, amazing. I my brain, as I say, is now going crazy. This is the 1230 TWC Business Beat Radio with Jackie Groundsell on Love to Beat Radio. Hello, and we're back in the studio now, so welcome back. I now know that my next guest, Annabelle Kay, is chatting away happily to 
Debbie Gilbert. I shall make them live in just a second. But I just want to remind you that this is a weekly show broadcasting from Love to Beat Radio based here in Beck in Penge. I'm in Beckenham. But the radio station is actually based in Penge <coughs> on the High Street. So that's Love to Beat Radio, L O V E D A B E A T Radio and that is a 24-hour radio station. My programmes go out live on a Monday, 2 till 4, and this is what we're talking to now. So I am going to make live my two guests who are sitting there on Zoom. I've got one more for you, but I'm going to say hello to them and make sure they're all okay. So I hope everybody's all right. Tina, are you okay? I'm good, I'm good. Good, good. Together, you know, not even Hello, that. ladies. I don't want to have lunch with people I don't know, fairly. Annabelle. And Deb, we can oh, hear you. You are me. live. We'll have a lunch together. That'd be nice. She said You are live. No swear words now. <laughs> Only just live. We didn't hear all your secrets. So well, we were arranging to have lunch as two women in business would inevitably do. Absolutely, and I'll come too. Um Well done. <laughs> and and Tina's put her hand up, she'll come as well. <laughs> So, Deb Gilbert is still with us, and Annabelle and she have been having a rare old catch-up time. So, Annabelle, how are you? Actually, I'm tired. You know, I've, I've, I've been very busy um, merging one business into two, and I'm absolutely staggered by the amount of admin involved. And, um, oh, I can see you now. Well done. So, a um, bit tired, but, you know, nothing that... A month's worth of naps wouldn't help. And I've got two children trying to move house um, into the West. And, well, I don't need to explain to anyone who's trying to buy or sell a house how trying that is. No, no. So I know, uh, as does a lot of the world, know about this business of you actually sorting out your business. So would you, first of all, like to introduce you? I mean, we've got our regular listeners who know you well, Annabelle, but... With new listeners, they won't necessarily know about you and what's been going on. So if you'd like to introduce yourself, first of all, please. Thank you. I'll be well-behaved guest for once, shall I? <laughs> oh, My name no. Is don't okay. spoil it. <laughs> I'm from Coffee Clutch Limited. We're all about uh, contracts for small businesses and GDPR support that won't make your head explode or your bank balance sink without trace. And um, I've just been, I've been running Coffee Catch for about 13 years now, maybe 15, I lose track. Mm -hmm. But I've just been putting it in its own Coffee Catch Limited vehicle the last few weeks, uh, separating it out from the company I've been running for 43 years, because they need different teams, different business models, different support. And I've been buried alive in admin and could you jobs. And I'm quite looking forward to getting back to online events, in the room events, writing and launching new contracts. I'm not having to keep pressing buttons and revalidate tech and produce my ID for the 4,000th time to prove that I'm still the person I was eight minutes ago. Gosh. But, but you had your, your sort of launch of all that happening the other day, didn't you? Yeah, and no, I noticed, you know, it's sort of, I got to the end of the day and I thought, oh, I better tell someone we formally <laughs> done it. But we're still in clean-up mode, you know, where you get an email and you oh, I've still got the wrong footer on that one. Or, do you know what I mean? We, we've done it, but it's not totally boxed up and put away. And it's unbelievable how difficult it is to update software, change subscriptions, whatever, 
it's incredibly difficult to do business with some people, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> Deb, have you, um, Debbie, have you experienced anything like the trauma that Annabelle's been going through lately? Well, yeah, because we're trying to change our address, change software, and oh, yeah, it's been really, really stressful. I'm not going to lie. We've nearly done most of it, but there's a few that you, you've got to phone up. You can't even do it over the over the internet. It's ridiculous. Yeah, and they don't answer the phone. I wouldn't yeah. mind if they said call and you rang at like three or four and say, so you've got someone. But I'll just put it on speakerphone it'll be two hours later. And thank goodness I've got unlimited phone credit on my <laughs> contract because I'd be out of credit. I wouldn't be able to phone any customers before I'd migrated one thing. What, what's wrong with businesses that they have this kind of manual interface for something that really should be automated? Yeah, and they, can't, they, they say, we are open 24-7. Yeah, okay. You are at number 110 in the queue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and um, moving doctors, like oh. basically all the doctor surgeries around here, books are closed, so I don't quite know what we're going to do. Oh. And get a dentist. When I moved 18 months ago, we, we managed to get onto a doctor's list um, fairly swiftly. I think they're quite an old clientele and they've lost a lot, to be honest. So I think we came in as, as the youngsters, which is quite a shock, really. <laughs> but there are no NHS dentists in my, in my new hometown. Oh. And um, it's a bit of a mess because cause we're going to end up with the same GPs, you know. Because we're not training enough, and those we do train leave because they don't like the working conditions. And unless you're going to be like a good old-fashioned Soviet state and say you will work as a doctor whether you like it or not, you can hardly stop people leaving if they don't like it. And much as the popular press would have you believe that they're all coining it in and doing nothing, most of my friends who are medics are about three crises away from a permanent mental breakdown. So. I don't know what we're going to do, but we've got to do something, and we've got to stop yelling at them because that makes more of them leave. Even though it's terrible, if you need medical help, you can't get it. It's very natural to want to yell at everyone, isn't it? Of course. <laughs> and how how I mentioned your meadows, Annabelle. I know you've been did quite a lot of work with all that. Are they all coming to fruition now? It's obviously coming towards springtime. I mean, I don't want to say it's spring. You know, there are flowers out, but I'm still in three layers of thermal stuff here, so yeah. it's not quite my definition of spring. But, yeah, we're doing a lot of work, and so uh, we've just started. We finally got a volunteer to help us with the website who is very patiently wading through putting it up because we've had a domain for ages, so that'll be nice. And um, we've got a new habitat we put together, and we're hoping, I don't want to jinx it, that we'll be able to attempt hedgehogs back onto the meadow which have not been seen for several years but you know whether they come means they've got to have somewhere to come from doesn't it True. and whether they survive given the high number of badgers on our meadow and indeed dogs I don't know but we shall see but it, it's it's the opposite of running the company but in some ways it's the same you know you plant a lot of seeds you plant a lot of bulbs some things come up beautiful and other things you have to dig up and put somewhere else. And some things, people keep treading all over and ruining and never mind what the dogs do all over it. Sounds exactly like running a company to me, except <laughs> that it's all a little bit slower, you know. I never thought about that as an analogy, but yeah, it's a really good comparison. 
So on this on Friday, was it Saturday? I was digging up bulbs at the edge of a beautiful pathway that everyone had just trampled down the new crocuses. Because instead of walking on the tarmac, they decided to walk on the grass over the bulbs. No figure. Yeah, I don't know. We're back to that old thing again, aren't we? It's about people. It's people. Deb, Debbie mentioned earlier about how good we are as women for collaboration. But there are, you know, you're still down to, no matter what you're doing, whether it's good, bad or indifferent, people. That's the thing. That's the thing. All of us. Well, the good news is the best of people are well beaters, aren't they? And I'm not talking yeah. in an elitist sense about the smartest or the richest, but we have people come out and look at the world first when they're out and go, this just makes my day. I walk up here and they'll put, you know, some money in the tin. And sometimes we look at them and we say, it's not compulsory. No, please don't put any money in the tin that you would miss. And you know, you know they're giving you a couple of quid from their, from their pension or something, and they say, no, no, I want to see the flowers and the bees. And you get other people, you know, to kind of walk right through it and go, this shouldn't be happening. It should all be Tom October and lit all night lights. A bit tricky when you've got bats, by the way. <laughs> you know, crazy, do, I, I, do, I don't have a belfry, but I do have bats, so I'm halfway there. <laughs> have you got any pets, Debbie? I did, but sadly, um, I lost my dog. Well, I had two dogs, both rescues. Um, I lost the last one just over a year ago because I knew I was having this major operation. We didn't get us replace the dog, right. um, any, but we will once we've done this long trip next year. We'll be straight to a rescue centre to get a couple of dogs. And in fact, I was chatting to someone today when I was out walking who suggested fostering, that we could maybe foster some dogs. So we might look into that over the summer. That's such a good idea. I mean, I, I have two rescue dogs, and I support, in a loose way, the rescue they came from, which is one of the tiny ones. And um, that's the Jolo rescue. My dog's a Jolo, so we have an ex. Mm -hmm. I know it doesn't sound like an ex, but it's sort of Hispanic, you know? And um, they're always short of dog fosterers, and it's it's quite an art because not only do you have to take really good care of the dog, but it's like being a, a foster parent. You know, you know they're leaving. But yeah. on the other hand, it is a commitment that's time limited. Not with the firm day, because not all dogs leave their fosterers exactly. I wouldn't do it in the month before you're going travelling. Do you know what I mean? Cause no, 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 no. But, but it, and there are quite a few people around me who foster, and it's obviously very, very satisfying mm. to take a dog that needs some extra love and attention and help put them together so someone else can home them. I think you'd be brilliant if you could. You'd be a brilliant foster doggy mummy. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, I think that's what we'll, we'll do and then we'll get a couple of rescues when we come back from travelling next year, like permanent. But I think this year um, we could probably foster over the summer months because we're not going on holiday over the summer here. So we could probably be a little foster care centre. Yeah. <laughs> be lovely, wouldn't it? I'll bring my hooligans down to meet you in the meantime, just to make sure you're really serious about that. <laughs> <laughs> They've settled in well, though, haven't they, Annabelle? Mostly. The thing about rescues is it's like three steps forward and two steps back, you know? Um, it, it, it's Maybe it's us. So we've, we've got the newest rescue much more stable than she's ever been. And now the oldest rescue is getting a bit stroppy, you know. Um, I think he feels that all that fuss about her because she's been naughty. Maybe he should be naughty, you know. <laughs> um, so 
We're having to be quite sort of strict and encourage good behaviour rather than make a fuss when there's bad behaviour. But yeah, mostly, and they're, they're a great delight. And they brought my blood pressure down, Jackie. I'll say to my husband, I'm completely off blood pressure tablets now. And I put brilliant. it down to having two lovely dogs to cuddle in the morning. It's a brilliant start to the day. That's it? excellent. That's really good news to hear. So it's, that's, uh, yeah, it's... Um, one of my cousins, just going back to the foster dog thing, one of my cousins, I don't think they do it now, but for a long while they did um, puppies for um, the uh, Blind Association. So they, they sort of looked after puppies that were going to be trained as uh, helpers to uh, visually impaired people. And they enjoyed that a lot, but they did find it hard to let go. Isn't it? Um you know, it's 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 quite a commitment, but nonetheless, it's a great thing to do if you're an animal lover, and you know, very sensible if you're planning to go abroad on a long trip. You don't want to adopt a dog and then chuck it into kennels for three months. You know, so lovely idea, Debbie. Are you still running your um, best business women awards? Yes, I am. Yeah, ninth year this year. Wow. Fabulous. Tina, Tina's just said to me, Annabelle, that with all this exciting talk about dogs and devices and all the rest of it, she hasn't quite worked out what you do. So, can and, and obviously your business and everything else. And, and she's, I'm going to have words with her afterwards because everybody should know about Annabelle. <laughs> she does. Um, so, first of all, I think, Annabelle, if you would tell us a bit more about your business um, and also wrap into that your contact details please okay well, maybe i should apply for an award with debbie at the same time get all the admin done in one fell swoop eh? a great <laughs> idea <laughs> absolutely the last the last business award i had was runner up the best of poison and that was probably a decade Gosh. ago so i never fill in the forms i always get them and then i think oh in a minute and then i miss the deadlines i'm rubbish at that sort of thing that's so I started Coffee Clutch, I can't remember when I was 13 or 15 years ago, to help small businesses with contracts and the kind of legal stuff that goes with having a contract or not having a contract. And the reason I did that was most microbiologists can't afford real legal fees and they kind of busk it without any. And by the time they need legal help, they got advisors saying to them for hundreds of pounds an hour, you should have issued X amount of paperwork earlier. So my mission was to help the microbiologists be protected, really. So we started with terms of business and hiring agreements for when you are doing your outsourced team. Coffee Clutch is all about outsourced businesses, really, though we're kind of having a little bit of mission creep at the moment because people keep coming to us who are not in an outsourced business model, but that's another story. About 2014, in the run-up to the European GDPR implementation in 2016, we started to sort out our own GDPR and we very quickly realised that was beyond the scope of many of our clients and we invited our clients to do it with us. And we thought we'd be finished by 2017, did we? <laughs> we really did. Um, but actually people started getting hold of us saying, oh, I can't do it either. And we said, well, you're not a customer. And they said, well, how do I become a customer? So we invented our little GDPR online groups and courses that we still run today. And our niches have grown during lockdown like crazy. We found all sorts of new people our help more and more people went online in the service sector so we moved from VAs and social media managers websites anyone who can deliver online even if they're also delivering in the room you know still be coaches or trainers 
And we're still doing the data privacy stuff. No, Brexit did not set you free. No, it's not going to all go away with the bonfire of the vanities. There are 137 countries in the world and rising who have data privacy rules. And the ones that don't are failed states like Somalia. And I'm just hoping we're not going to end up there. Mm. You know? So we just um, re kind of put ourselves into a separate company. My new co director, Joe Bianchi, is a fully qualified data privacy officer, data privacy specialist, she's the DPO now, so she can help the clients who want one-to-one -one support, because I, I tend to prefer to work one-to-many, and so we go on, online, in the room, at conferences, everywhere, and I'll be down at Bournemouth, I think, at the end of September for the VA Awards down there. Um, just yeah, keeps me busy. I like to argue, really. I, I love <coughs> it. I help my clients not be pushed around by much bigger companies and sometimes by really hooligan little ones you know i'm not a nurse mother darling you know that i'm more of a warrior princess absolutely you are and uh, touching on vas we had the lovely lucy as a guest on the radio show last week i did notice that and i wanted to uh, log in and listen to it and i do apologize but the demerger at my homework yeah know? yeah well you will but be I'm able to listen lovely. because all this all the shows all the radio shows are recorded and converted to podcast so um this where what day is it today it's monday today this thursday after eight o'clock you will be at a night you will be able to listen to lucy um if when you go to our website and find the podcast oh, link good. what night is it well it's it'll be there from thursday night okay so Bye. anytime after that it'll be there forever so yeah. you will be able to listen to her, and she's great. She's great, as you know. Did you know? I've forgotten this till Debbie reminded me that I contributed a chapter to a book that Debbie wrote. <laughs> she she did mention it. She meant she's because when I said you were going to be my next guest and you'd get a chance to chat if she had time to stay on, she said, "Oh, Annabelle, my book and blah blah." Yes. <laughs> yeah, small world, isn't it? In all sorts of ways, and. Um, I'm actually writing another chapter in someone else's book next weekend, funnily enough. I've still never got time to write scripts and do emails and all the back and forth. Let's just sit down, get it done, get it sorted, and then it's off my to-do list. So, And those are the only chapters I've written in anyone's books in the whole of my life. So isn't that weird? Well, busy busy people, I don't know. I mean, Debbie and I were touching on the procrastination thing because I've got bits and pieces of text and chapters all over my system ready for the book but you know it will come one day so you've got to do it jackie <laughs> yeah i mean in many ways i think jackie you're a bit of an unsung hero because i think you do so much for other people so much networking so much connecting i think it's an awful lot of people take you for granted don't they? oh well <laughs> tina's sitting there she's fallen off her chair now <laughs> 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 Tina, have you got any questions for our lovely other guests? Um, no, I, I, I'm sorry, I love dogs, so I'm, I'm just living in the dog moment still. <laughs> saying if I, if I ever um, had a dog for short term, I couldn't give it back. I absolutely couldn't, so that wouldn't work for me. <laughs> so have you got dogs at the moment? No, so I had Ollie. I was actually just watching a video of him this morning talking to my daughter because he used to like to talk. Oh. Um, and yeah, no, so he was 17 and we had to have him a good sleep the year before last. 
so he was with us through COVID and that, which he loved and we loved. Um, but yeah, no, and my husband won't let me have another one. So let's get a petition up. Yes, we get a petition <laughs> up. Well, my, my husband, who very helpfully rang us in the middle of the show, um, <laughs> he, he used to, when we, he and I met, he had a Dalmatian. And uh, um, sadly, he died because he had, had kidney problems. But um, he always said he'd never have another dog. Um, and as a family, we thought a dog would be good for Phil. So my oldest son, um, girlfriend, uh, her, her dog had a litter and one of those appeared in our house in a basket one Father's Day. And, he, and Phil was out in the garden and I called him in and uh, pointed to this little tiny scrap in the basket and that was it, love at first sight. So, you know, it's, so never say never, so perhaps you ought to get one. And then, or two, or two maybe. <laughs> Annabelle's got two. Say, so Annabelle's got two dogs. We're having two. I want two. Two, two. They look after each other, don't they? So it's better. Do yours them. look after each other, Annabelle? Um, to a degree. They're both rescues. So the one we've had the longest, the little male Rolo. If when when Lily came, she was really really anxious. I mean. All dogs are anxious when they're newly rescued, but I mean, even by those standards, she was off the ground. And for a long time, her safe space was in the space between Rolo, who was kind of money point, and me. You know, if she was between us, running about, she was happy. Um, so in that sense, they look after each other. In in the real world, they're, they're a pair of mischiefs now. I don't know that looking after each other is the right description. They're both really cheeky. They went, I mean, they're less than knee high, but they went up to a lady on, on the meadow where I was walking them this morning and had a, they both stood on their hind legs, which puts them at about mid-thigh height for most people, and wrapped their forearms around this lady. And I wasn't sure whether they were trying to give her a hug or a rugby tackle. <laughs> and I couldn't work out what was going on. And then she said, oh, I've got a Yorkie at home and I've got a bag for the treats here. And I thought, oh, uh, <laughs> They're very food motivated. Their loyalty is quite depending. And she had their all-time favorite treat, which was salmon. And they would leave home for a side of salmon, I think. Oh, really, <laughs> really. Um, okay, now I think, as much as I'm sure everybody lis loves listening to you all anyway about our general things, what I'd like you to, from you three ladies, if I may, is a business tip. Um, so, um, as Tina was first on, I'm going to throw it to you, Tina, to give me a business tip. If you can't, we'll then go to Debbie, we'll come back to you, and then Annabelle. So, have a little think. 12.30 TWC, Business Beat Radio, Mondays 2 till 4 p.m. UK time. Tips, inspiration, fun, tunes for and from businesswomen on all the socials. www.1230.co.uk at Love to Beat Radio. I've got my three lovely ladies on Zoom and my latest guest, Alicia, is on Hello. board with us in our Zoom group. And Alicia is my hairdresser, so <laughs> stand by your beds for some hot tips. Hello, everyone. <coughs> Hi, Alicia. Um, thank you so much. I'm saying to Tina, I've been on and on at Alicia about coming on the radio for such a long time. And Alicia, I know you have. <laughs> you have. <laughs> she's um, the manager at my hairdressers, which is called Trez. 
um, which I've been going to since it first opened. Is that is that 15 years now, um, Alicia? I think it's 16 years now. Is it? And how long have you yeah, been there? Yeah, 16 years. I've been there for eight years. Right. Yeah, eight years. So it's come really quick, actually. Yeah. So so tell us about you. What what things do you like doing? Um, about me. So obviously hair. Um, I do a lot of hair. I love colouring, cutting. Obviously with your hair jackets. It's very vibrant and colourful. So you always <laughs> like to give me a challenge. <laughs> um, which is always fun. Um, I like, I'm planning my wedding at the moment. So that's been very interesting. Um, I yeah, think, I, do, I like going to the gym. Yeah, because at the moment you're you're sort of walking wounded, aren't you? Oh my gosh, I am. Yeah, so I, I was in a spin class last Monday, and I was getting off the bike, and I banged my foot, so I haven't been able to walk properly all week, um, which has been a little bit annoying, as obviously being a hairdresser on my feet all day. So they didn't so put you in a boot because Tina, Tina, you were in a boot for a while, weren't you? Yeah, I've been in a boot a lot of times. <laughs> oh, I mean, oh, so, yeah. really? Oh, no. So they basically told me to bandage it up and just ice and elevate. So no gym for me this week. No, definitely um, not. So, which is fine. I'm not complaining. <laughs> so uh, as far as hairdressing is concerned, what yeah. has been, the, apart from me, who, what has been the most challenging hair to deal with that you can think of? challenging hair i would say probably a lot of people that are kind of getting to an age where they start wanting to go naturally gray i think that's probably the hardest because a lot of people don't realize that gray is actually a natural color so you can't really create it um so i'd say that's probably the hardest part about hairdressing is trying to get more of the natural color right well i don't think you'll have that problem with me I'm definitely not going au natural. Are you, Tina? No, I definitely not. <laughs> no. What about you, Deb and Annabelle? Are you going au natural? Me? Debbie? Are you? Yeah, sorry. Am I natural? <laughs> no, I would be grey if I didn't have my hair coloured. That's what I'm saying. Are you thinking about going, returning to your natural colour at any point? No, not at all. I don't ever see me being grey because my hair is actually dark grey with white flecks in it. And I oh, just, right. yeah. That's amazing. I don't like it. No. <laughs> right, happy to have it highlighted. <laughs> <coughs> I wouldn't know. I mean, I know it's grey, but that's it. I don't know. I don't <laughs> my husband said to me some time ago, why don't you just let your hair go grey naturally? What? No way. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, Tina's got a question. Hold on. So I've got a question about grey hair then. Not that this is ever yeah. going to be me. But um, so you know when it was a bit of a trend a while ago when it was like young girls wanted to have grey hair and then like yeah. grey stroke lilac -y. Yeah. So is that difficult to do? So, yeah. So what happens when you want that sort of colour? You have to bleach it basically white. So what happens when you're bleaching, you're taking all the melanin out of the hair. Yeah. Um, and then you'd normally put a toner on after. But I don't know if obviously any of you ladies have bleached your hair before. Obviously it comes with, you know, a lot of dryness and brittleness. Yeah. So when you're bleaching up to white, unfortunately there is a lot of risk of hair damage. 
um, and then they're normally toners and then obviously they're quite hard it's quite a hard color to maintain yeah so you'll find a lot more tricks to the hairdressers as if you was just having like your regular highlights or tints so if you've got naturally gray hair what yeah. about naturally grey hair to that? Would you still have to have it white blonded? Unfortunately, yes, because again, with with toners and tints, they don't take as well natural hair because the cuticles are shut. And so when you have um, bleached hair, your cuticle sits more open, so then the colour oh. penetrates in more. Okay. Um, cool. So yeah, anything that's kind of like a synthetic colour is always more difficult than more of your natural colours. Oh, okay. What about you, oh, yeah. Annabelle? Are you going au natural any time? Because you, you've got highlights, haven't you? Yeah, well, I do, and they're growing out. So my I'm waiting to see what my natural hair colour is. You know, um, I think mouse, actually. Um, I don't seem to have a lot of grey, mostly mouse, so I'll probably have some more highlights done. But um, to be honest, I'm not that bothered about what colour my hair is. I know I'm not a proper girl, you know, um, and I'm not, you know, the, the one of the few women on the planet, but I get it highlighted as much as any to give it some body, and normally if I go somewhere sunny, it highlights itself, but obviously endless British winters and no flying haven't really helped it, so <laughs> I do get it highlighted, and I do definitely need to get it cut, but apart from that, most of the time when I'm out, I've got a hat on, and most of the time when I'm in, my hair's sticking up. And that seems to be about as close to fashion as I'm getting these days, ladies. <laughs> my, my, mum, my mum used to put, um, let my sister was naturally blonde, and my mum used to put lemon on her hair when it was sunny to uh, lift it, I don't know. Whether that Get her natural highlights. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so this wedding that you've got 11th of january 24 is it it is yeah it is so are there any, yeah. when i go in i get another little bit of the news which is always the, you get the, the update, update. <laughs> <laughs> you do you get all the all the drama <laughs> yeah so yeah i know well, i've done it three times <laughs> oh have you <laughs> oh god any, any tips there debbie that. Hello. Yeah. Any, Any tips? tips? <laughs> um, I would say, having done it three times, um, do the day that you want and don't listen to everybody else's ideas and opinions because actually it boils down to you and your fiancé and what you want and if you want something, whatever it is, just stick with your guns and you do what you want. Yeah. Don't let yeah. it become a circus because I had what I call two circus weddings and the third one was perfect because it was just about me and John and it was really small and intimate and it was lovely. But Aww. the first two were just oh bit of a nightmare. I was yeah. I was the only daughter, so my yeah. mum and dad wanted the big wedding that they never had themselves, I think. Uh Yeah, you do definitely get sucked into it. You have you have got yeah. you have had a bit of brow beating, haven't you, Alicia? I have. I have. What family or friends or both? Bit of both, actually. And I am just trying to literally be like, no, this is what I want. This is what yeah. I want. So I'm trying to, but you do get sucked into it, especially when your parents 
want certain staff and you don't want to upset them but ultimately it's our day so I'm trying <laughs> I think as a parent you, sh- you know it's hard but you have to sort of allow for what what the bride and groom want and uh, yeah I, I look back on it all now and I wish that, well as I said John and I had a lovely day and it was, it was we've been together married for Oh, I don't know, 17 years now. So I got it right. Yeah. Oh, so he's staying um, then. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I, think, I think weddings bring out the worst as well as the best in people. Yeah, they definitely, that's for definitely sure. Do. That's for that's sure. around now, don't you think? I mean, I've had two weddings that were very different, both of which were fully paid for by me. Yeah. Um, but I can't help but observe that I'm not suggesting in any way this is the case here, that quite a lot of weddings, the parents are ponying up some serious dosh and then people are telling them it's nothing to do with you what we're doing. So I never interfered in my children's weddings, nor did I pay for them. And I paid for my own weddings and no one interfered in mine. So yeah. I come from a different tradition, but I think if you're asking your parents to put their hands in the pocket, you have to be a bit tactful and do some stuff that is the way they want it, but maybe yeah. ring fence the things that really matter to you. But you know, Debbie, my last wedding was organized by Sister Snob. Yes, I saw the photos. It looked amazing. It was amazing. Oh, I, didn't, I didn't know I needed all this stuff. You know, they came up to me and they said to me, I don't know if you're having a stunning, what's the theme of your wedding? And I looked and I said, well, matrimony. What kind of theme would it be? And they went, look, what colour is your wedding? And I went, in what colour is my wedding? And they said, you've got to have a colour theme. And I went, why? And they said, so it's all coordinated. I said, coordinated with what? So they then went away, all of the sisters <laughs> and got together and they just organized my wedding and they picked a theme. And then what happened was every time someone said, what's the theme, I went talk to her. She knows, talk to Helen. Helen, Helen, when you tell her, do your flowers. That, and the table settings, everything. We just did the playlist. And then my husband's family were fabulous cooks, organized the food. And I did the litigation, you know me, French to the venue. <laughs> did all the bits, you know, kind of stomped on a few heads. Um, and that was it. But sadly, none of my, either of us, his parents were alive by the time this happened, so we didn't have anyone to argue with, you know. So, <laughs> no, it was great. I had, I had a great yeah, time. a couple of family feuds, though. You know how it goes. I had to threaten to sink some people's feet in concrete and drop them in the Thames. I always remember Clive leading people dancing on the floor. And, and, yeah. and I thought, gosh, how much... How much effort? I never actually asked him because he's basically quite a shy person, isn't he? But he, yeah. he, he stood up and he led everybody who wanted to be on the floor on this dance. Yeah, um, yeah. so um, ladies, I'm very conscious of time. I would like your one business tip. And Alicia, if we'll end up with you last because I'm just throwing this at you now. Um, yeah. Your hair tip and we're going to end up with your music before we rush into the adverts. So, um, t- uh, Tina, would you like to tell us your business tip, please? Okay, so um, I've probably said this before because it is always my first and my top tip. So, basically, treat every single client as if they are your only client. That's it. As if they are the queen or the king um, of your business. Nice one. Like that. Okay, thank you. Debbie, what about you? What's your top tip? Well, if you are treating your clients like that and taking advice from Tina, you should be entering awards. <laughs> so my advice is 
to get your business more visible is to enter business awards. Brilliant. Okay, thank you. And what about you, Annabelle? Um, I'm following on from the other two. I think it's great to hope for the best, which is treating every client like they're a queen or a king, depending on their gender um, or their pronoun these days. But I think you also have to be realistic and plan for the worst. So make sure that you've not only got a plan to treat everybody fabulously, but a plan to get yourself paid and stop servicing that account if that's not what's going on, because it is a business, not you know a friendship society. And a client is someone who pays you, not someone who makes you do work. Indeed. That'd be my top tip. Okay, thank you very much. And moving on, Alicia, what's your top tip for managing hair? I'd say my top tip for hair is after you've done your two shampoos, your conditioner, always, always do a cool rinse after to close the cuticle. Good one. I like that. Yeah, I like that. Always. Thank you very <laughs> much. Um, now, I just want to stick in my worth, not so much as a tip, but a reminder that following on at four o'clock will be the amazing Ozzy Osman who will be there with his own brand of indie rock. So when we finish up at four o'clock and the adverts hit, it's time for you to nip off to the loo, get another coffee or whatever you like to do, and then stay tuned to listen to Ozzy. We'll be back next Monday, and I've got another fantastic lineup of guests for you, which I'm rummaging amongst our notes because I haven't actually got them to hand. I have got them to hand, and what have I done with them? Yes, next week's guest is actually Chandra, Ch uh, Chandra Sharma um, and Becky Hemsley, Kerry Hector and Sam Dalokia. Um, the latter three are all part and parcel of our International Women's Day on Wednesday. So if you'd like to come to that, do have a look on the website. We're all the W's, 1230.co.uk and you will find that the booking um, option is right there on that homepage, so you'll be able to book in there um, very easily. So, anybody else got a top tip that you would like to give? Um, oh, actually, I know, a reminder of how people can get in touch with you, and then we're going to go into Alicia's choice of music, which is, Alicia, what did you choose? Al Green, Let's Stay Together. Ah. Uh, <laughs> And actually, mm -hmm. after that, the song I've chosen, if we've got time before the ads come, is um, oh. The Pill. <laughs> right. Um, moving on. Right. So, um, Tina, quickly, how do people get hold of you? Um, so, across all social media, I am uh, Trim with Tina. So, T-R-I-M with Tina. And as as one word <laughs> um, yeah on all social media so you can get me there and that's also my email address thank you uh, Debbie how about getting hold of you uh, just connect, to connect up with me on LinkedIn Debbie Gilbert or bestbusinesswomenawards.com website thank you and Annabelle I'm on LinkedIn as Annabelle K you can also find my coffee clutch phone there or um, find the website coffeeclutch.co.uk that's coffees with K's so it's all the W's, all the K's, all the E's, all the F's, if you think it's true. But that probably doesn't have to spell it. But if you Google Annabelle Kane Coffee Clutch, chances are I'll be the top page or two on that. Oh, However think, you spell it. Because oh, I'm noisy. Absolutely. <laughs> I think you all will. And Alicia, how do people actually get hold of you? 
I am on Instagram <laughs> at Trez Hair Design. So you can see me on Instagram. <coughs> sorry, sorry about the coughs, people. Well, okay, so we're going to run into your piece of music, Alicia, but thank you to Tina, Annabelle, Debbie, and Alicia, and of course, my wonderful listeners as well for being here and take care. This is the 1230 TWC Business Beat Radio with Jackie Groundsell on Love to Beat Radio.